0: Welcome to the Wild Grand Rapids Message of the Week. We hope you're encouraged, strengthened, and experienced the presence of God through this message by Apostle Kathy El Ali. Woo-hoo. Wow. Come on, give God a shout. He's been moving. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. You guys ready? Today, Today. is a new day. New day. Today I will be transformed transformed. by the power of God, by the the presence of God, God. and by the word of God, God. never to be the same, same. in Jesus' name. name. You may be seated. You guys are awesome. Wow, wow, wow. Had such a good time over the last few days. Got to spend some time with um, Barbara Yoder, um, who's just become such a... Great friend to me and spiritual mom and, um, and then also I uh, had the privilege of meeting with um, John Arnott and just just a really um, hungry man. I, I love the fact that I, I forget how old he is. he has said, but i don 't remember, but anyway he 's been in here for, doing this for a while, and uh, he is still hungry he 's still pursuing. The presence of God. He's still pursuing the next great revival. And uh, it's just an honor and a privilege to see someone who's been walking for this many years and who's still hungry and not growing weary. Amen? So I want to just start by talking a little bit. Um, I'm not going to get through, uh, wow, like seriously. I will not get through even a fraction of my message, but we'll save it. But this morning, I really feel like this is what took place. In um, I, This is not a, a, a scripture that I gave you guys in media, so I'm going to spring this one on you. But it's Romans chapter 12, um, and it's verse 1. It's out of the message. It says, so here's what I want to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, And place it before God as an offering. Is that what we did this morning? Did you guys, how many of you laid something down at the feet of Jesus? For those of you who did not, I'm going to give you another opportunity. (laughs) Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, because then you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize that He wants He wants what He wants from you, and quickly respond to it. It's talking about obedience. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops warmed, warmed, well-formed, which is also warm and fuzzy, maturity in you. You know, I I can't get away from this. It's it's really not um, a big part of my message. It is a small part of it, but... I feel like what we often do when we're serving God is that we've brought God into our world, into the way that we have been brought up and raised and into our culture instead of allowing us, allowing him to bring us into his culture. So then what happens is the decisions that we make, the way that we act, the way that we talk, the way that we walk is what we were used to when we grew up the way that we were raised, we watched people. It's like you watched your mom or you watched your dad. It could have been an uncle. It could have been a a grandfather or a grandmother. But you watched the way that people treated other people, and that became a custom to you. And that became part of your culture. And, And there are some customs that are okay, but if they're contrary to the word of God, then they're not. I mean, God will honor some traditions, right? But as long as they line up with what his word says... And a big one that I feel like in the body of Christ is that we really have to be a people who are honest and who are forthright and that we are walking around letting our yes be yes and our no be no. I feel like it's important because of the fact that if we don't do that, then how do we earn trust? How can we earn trust from the people that are around us if we say we're gonna do one thing but we actually do another, right? So the culture of the kingdom is different than that. The culture of the kingdom is I say I'm going to do this and I do this. The culture of, the, of, of the, maybe when you grew up or maybe the way that I grew up, the culture was that we always talked over each other. I mean, my family was like an Italian family. It is the loudest family. And everybody talks at the exact same time, and it's like nobody's even listening to what anybody else has to say. Everybody just has something to say. Yeah, <laughs> And I remember one time I was at my brother's house and we were downstairs in his basement and I went into the restroom and it was so loud out there. I thought, is anybody even listening to each other? And the thing of it is about my family is that we all talked a lot, but we were not transparent at all. There was no like... I'm going to connect my heart to your heart. Or there was never like, you know, let's share our feelings and what are you thinking about and all that. We didn't do that. We, we, we just pretended like everything was okay. And, we, you know, my, my mom would use the thing of like, you know, just pick yourself up by your bootstraps and, you know, just suck it up. You know, so that was kind of like my, the way I was raised. And then I came to know Jesus Christ. And throughout the years, I realized that that keeping everything to yourself not allowing anybody in and having an image that I've got it all together, it just doesn't work. And I came to a place where transparency became a strength. Vulnerability was no longer a weakness. And if you find yourself in a place where you don't want anyone to know what's really going on in your world, I would say to you that you haven't really experienced jesus christ in a way that he wants you to experience him because if you can't be vulnerable and transparent with people around you i bet you're not being vulnerable and transparent with him and he knows all things so i just want to encourage you today let's step outside of the culture that we were raised in and let's step into the culture of the kingdom of god amen you know, from the very beginning, we're talking about what I want to talk about is convergence. Because at the very beginning, what the enemy tried to do is keep us from intimacy with the Father. Right away he comes in, he's going, to I'm going to rob them of their identity. I'm going to rob them from the very thing that he desired and that he did not get. And so he came in and he said, you know what? I'm going to take away their identity. I'm going to take away everything that that was important to them. The reason why they were existing is because they used to walk and talk with God in the cool of the day, and now I'm going to cause them to hide and shame, and I'm going to cause them to hide away from the very person who created them. And many of us find ourselves doing that very same thing. But the word says that we're supposed to worship him in spirit and in truth. In John chapter 4, when he's talking to the Samaritan woman, he comes to the Samaritan woman. Here, there's another thing against culture. He, he stops, and he, he allows all of his disciples to go into town, and they're going to go get some, something to eat, but he wants to talk to this Samaritan woman, which you do not talk to a woman alone in public, and you don't talk to a Samaritan. So he went countercultural in two different ways, and yet he had a purpose, and he says to this Samaritan woman, he says, I'll tell you this day that... She was talking about uh, how they worship in Jerusalem. He said, you will only worship." He, uh, he said, there will be a day when you worship me in spirit and in truth. Here, let's, let's turn to it so I can quote it exactly. Because I'm kind of stumbling over it. Surprised. Okay, soon, a Samaritan, um, I'm going to go to chapter four, John chapter four. I'm going to skip ahead, and I'm reading out of the uh, Passion Translation. I'm going to skip ahead to around verse seven. It says, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. Surprised, she said, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? And Jesus replied, if only... If you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give it to you, living water. And the woman replied, but sir, you don't even have a bucket, and this very well is a very deep. So where do you find this living water? Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob, who dug the well and drank from it himself, along with his children and livestock? And Jesus answered and said, If you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks from the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give to you, it becomes a gushing fountain. Come on, picture that. A gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life. Whenever you find yourself thirsty, what are you going to do? Just grab that straw. Stick it right in here. Just stuck that thing right in. Because the well, Holy Spirit is right within you. We're not looking for it. It's like, I love the analogy. I actually had this in my... And I don't know where my water went. But I love the analogy that um, John Arnott gave yesterday. Can I have a bottle of water? Because um, I was already planning on preaching out of this. But he was talking about how when he said to the woman that when you um, drink of me, you will never thirst again. And he said... This is what he pictured. It's like here you are. You've got this bottle of water, just sticking to you. You're like, I'm so thirsty. Hmm. Sure wish I could get a drink. If you could just find a drink of water. I am so thirsty. Whew. He said, "If I drink of Him, I will never thirst again." And we have the water within us, and it's always here you can always partake of the Holy Spirit. And the practical way that you do that is you do just stop. And you can like do the straw. I thought it was ridiculous. I was like one of those that was going like. And I'm like, then I look over and there's Barbara. She's like, she's just sucking it up. I'm like, well, she can do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm like, fine, I'll take that straw. And I started sucking on it. But I felt so weird. But I actually could feel the refreshing of God. Because it's according to your faith, let it be done unto you. Amen? So, where am I? The woman replied, let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to come back here to draw water. And Jesus says to her, go get your husband and bring him back to me. She said, oh, I'm not married. And the the woman answered, he said, that's true, Jesus said, for you have been married five times and now you're living with a man who is not your husband. You have told the truth. And the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me this, why do our fathers worship God here on this nearby mountain, but your people teach that Jerusalem is the place where we must worship, which is right? And so Jesus responds, believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the Father on a mountain, nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one that they worship. We Jews worship out of our experience, For it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. From here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit, and he who longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth." So when we come to a place where we get to worship God, we worship God in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit enables us, encourages us, empowers us to be able to connect with the Spirit of God. And when we connect with the Spirit of God, we're supposed to connect with Him in truth. That means to be vulnerable. That means to be transparent. That means that there's nothing hidden. Now, you know that... that. God can only know you to the measure that you allow him to know you. It's true. Now, he can know the number of hairs on your head, but if he wants to know you, and we can keep ourselves from him, we can keep our, we can have a relationship with him, we can have intimacy with him, but we can also close off ourselves to him. And what I find amazing is that um, people always say, well, how important are the signs, wonders, and the miracles and all that stuff? Because it says in the word that that um, Jesus said, depart from me, um, I never knew you. And they said, oh, but I cast out demons in your name, and I did this in your name, and I did that in your name. But he says, oh, no, depart from me, I never knew you. And what I was thinking about that scripture is we always focus on the fact that they did not know him and they, and, and, and they had to depart. But what about the fact that the people that didn't know him did signs, wonders, and miracles, and the people that know him aren't? Well, I'll say that again. The people who didn't know him did signs, wonders, and miracles, and yet the people that do know him don't. That's because there's a vulnerability that God is looking for. He can entrust you only with that you are are willing to give to him. There's an anointing that increases upon our life to the degree and to the measure that we're willing to open up our heart and our life to him. That they're willing to be totally transparent, totally open to what it is that's within our life and give it over to him and allow him to transform us into the image of God. Do you believe that? It's true. Amen. So the words that kept coming up in my spirit, and I'm just going gonna, gonna to say the words, and I, I won't have time to get into all of it, so I'll save it for another day. But I, I, when I spend time with the Lord, um, which isn't just in my um, quiet place or in my secret place with him. It's just throughout the day. And one of the ways that I hear the voice of God is like something keeps getting repeated. And um, I'm like, okay, you're obviously saying something. Another way is what I'm personally experiencing. I'm like, if I'm personally experiencing this, I know that others are experiencing this as well. So I begin to write these things down. So here's the words. One is weariness, The other one is warfare. If you find yourself weary, you're going to find yourself in warfare. And I put there in in, um, quotations, distractions. And then I have worship and culture. And we just talked a little bit about that with the Samaritan woman, how important it is that we get outside of our culture because that Samaritan woman led a whole bunch of people to the Lord because Jesus was willing to get outside of his culture Discipline and obedience. I believe that we're coming into, and not coming into, we are in a season where God is speaking to us, just like he did this morning, of what are you gonna set down and what are you gonna pick up? It's gonna take discipline, it's gonna take obedience. I do believe that God is also highlighting, once again, the importance of understanding identity and sonship so that we can understand who we are. The other two are faith and glory. Glory. I want to start out with weariness. Galatians chapter six, verse seven. Out of the Passion Translation, it says, make no mistake about it, God will never be mocked for what you plant will always be the very thing that you harvest. I mean, that's not a really big revelation, is it? I mean, if you plant a, a seed of corn, you're gonna, not gonna grow like a grapefruit. So it's like, whatever you're sowing, that's what you're gonna reap. It says, the harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. Now let's just take a moment, think about what you're reaping in your life, and then ask yourself if it's something, if it's fruit that you do not want, then begin to examine am I sowing seed that's causing me to reap fruit that is not very desirable, If you plant corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Ooh, let's say that again. You guys ready? don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. Now, how exciting is it? Come on. How many of you know that you've been planting good seeds? Come on, raise your hand. It's like I've been planting, I've been planting, I've been planting. I've been watering, I've been watering, I've been watering. That means I've been praying, I've been declaring, I've been, I've been, I've been going into the courts of heaven and 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 speaking to the Father. And and things are like you know justice is going forth. All these things are happening, and you're like standing, 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 standing. And it's like week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. But God promises this: that in His timing, there will be a harvest that comes forth. How many of you know that we're in a season of harvesting? Now is the time for your seeds to come forth and to produce great and mighty harvest. Can you give God praise for that? I believe that to be a word of the Lord. I believe that right now we're coming into one of the greatest seasons that the body of Christ has seen in a really, really, really long time. We have need of revival. We have a need of God awakening us up to the reality of who we are, that we're not living our life and getting caught up in the culture of this world and, and just, you know, I don't want to just live life. Come on, who in the world wants to just get up and work from eight? To to five, come home, eat dinner, watch TV, go to bed, and do it all over again. Raise your hand if you want to do that. No, you don't want to do that, son. <laughs> Nobody, you don't, you weren't born for that. There's something within you, there's something that within me that says I'm born for greatness. There's something within us that says I'm born for so much more than what I'm seeing right now. I heard Bill Johnson say this once. He said, he said, he was talking to somebody, and they said, You know, I, I read the word, but I, the problem is I don't remember it. And he said, Son, let me tell you something. I have no idea what I ate last Friday for breakfast, but it still brought me nutrition. It doesn't matter if you can remember it, it's still bringing you nutrition. It's still empowering you. It's still bringing life into your spirit. The word of God has to be fed on. It has to be digested. And you have to then take that word of God and mix it with the Holy Spirit because when you have the word and the spirit of God, you will have transformation. And there's something within the lives of believers that says, I don't want to live my life for myself. There's something within the lives of believers that says, at the end of the day, I want to stand before my God. And I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant of God. Because of the fact that we laid down our lives and picked up the life that he has for us. There's something about knowing that you are doing what you're called to do. That the realm of the supernatural then meets the realm of the natural. And you have convergence. And when you have convergence, you will see the power of God come in such a way that it won't just transform your life. It literally will transform the lives of the people that are around you. And it will bring transformation to a region. And I believe that we're going to see regional transformation as we step into the more of God. Listen to me. If you're out there and you're saying, I'm praying for people, but nothing's happening, then get back into your secret place and pray until you get breakthrough. Because Jesus said this. He He said, the same things that I do, you will do. And then greater things than these shall you do. Well, I heard John say this. He said, you know what? Why focus on the greater things when we can't even do the things that he did? Let's first focus on the things that Jesus did and let's see the very same things that he did come through us. Is there only two of you that want that? How many of you want to be used of God to see people get saved, set free, delivered, healed, restored, empowered, and live a victorious life? I remember saying there's so many other things that I could have chosen to do in life. But God chose that I would do this in life. And there have been many, many, many times that I've wanted to turn around and walk away because of how hard and how difficult it can be sometimes because of the warfare that takes place. There's warfare, the spiritual warfare is real. But we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and heaven places. But it is real. Listen, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. You know what? We need $11,000 to replace this carpet so that we can get chairs. I'll dunk myself in this water if you'll give me (laughs) $11,000. So if anybody wanted to write a check out for $11,000, <laughs> we do take debit cards. All right. <laughs> I really would do it. <laughs> Cannonball. <laughs> that would hurt. <laughs> First Peter 5, 6 says this, if you bow... Lo, in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave him there, for he always tenderly cares for you. Now that word bow, is, there's an acronym for that. It means to believe, obey, and to worship him. So when you are bowing down before him, you're saying, I believe you, I will obey you, and I will worship you. Verse eight says, be well balanced and always alert because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly. Say incessantly. Say that again. Incessantly, I just kind of like the way it sounds. Like a roaring lion seeking for whom he may devour. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles you endure. And then after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace, who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ, will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yes, Jesus. Yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up. And as, and he has all the power needed to do this. Whew, that's a promise. That when you are fighting and warring, that there's a promise from God that you will be stronger when you get to the other side than when you went in. There's a promise from God that when you endure the faith, that you will be stronger on the other side than when you came in. A lion goes after... Come on, this is something that we need to talk about. This is really important because spiritual warfare is real. And many of you are experiencing that and don't know how to handle it. It's hard. When it comes against your mind, it's like you feel like you're going to go crazy. And it's so real. And God will not use... Well, not saying he won't, but most likely... I'm saying God, sorry. The enemy, it's like he comes in through people that are the closest to us. The ones that can have the greatest impact in our life. And the enemy comes for the weakest one. The one that's isolated. Because that's what a lion does. He goes out and seeks its prey. And the one that he goes for is the one that isn't being vulnerable isn't being transparent isn't worshiping God with truth because what happens as a result of that is that you're become a weak one and when you become a weak one he comes in in a way to steal kill and destroy and so we're supposed to be sober and be vigilant what does that mean that means that we're supposed to understand the will of the Lord. We're supposed to understand the word of God. We're supposed to understand his ways. And when something contradicts that, don't come against the person or the individual or the, or the circumstance that the enemy is using, but come against him this way. Turn with me to Ephesians 6. I'm going over my time, but it's worth it, isn't that? Ephesians 6 verse 10. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. The accuser likes to whisper lies that are not true about you. The accuser likes to come up and use word-twisting things that make you feel as though you are no good, that you are rejected, that you're full of shame, that nothing you do is right. That's what the accuser does. The accuser wants to take away your identity and cause you not to be able to fulfill the plan and purpose that God has for you. But what we're going to do is we are not going to allow the accuser to defeat us, but we're going to defeat him. Do you want to know why? Because he's already defeated. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God has provided, so you're protected as you confront the slanderer, for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Can we just say that again? Let's just remind the devil. Can we do that right now? How many of you just feel like you've been coming up against the evil one in your life? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Well, guess what this says. I love the fact that it says this. We said God provides, repeat after me God provides, so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For I am destined for all things and will rise victorious. And will rise victorious. Come on, say it loud. And this is how we do it. We put on truth as a belt to strengthen us to stand in triumph. That's the word of truth. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Stand on your feet alert. And then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. Peace. Because our feet are shod with the gospel of peace. In every battle, take faith as you're wrapped around shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows that come at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies, the helmet of salvation. And take the mighty, razor-sharp spirit sword of the word, the spoken word of God. Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times, praying the blessings of God upon all of his believers. We are to pray at all times. Now, I did a study on this, and some of you have heard me say this before, but for those of you who haven't, that shield is so important because we have a shield of what? What was it called? a shield of faith. And our faith is one of the greatest ways that we get to rule and reign in this life and not allow the devil to rule and reign in our life. And that shield was literally, what they would do is they would take um, skin like leather and they would soak it. And they would soak it in water. And when they take that and they would wrap a shield around that. So that when, the, when they had um, arrows that they would shoot, those arrows that they shot out had fire on the end of them. And so when they released those arrows and they would shoot out, they would be extinguished. Because they would hit the wet soaking shield of faith. So what happens is that when the devil speaks one thing, we're going to speak the truth. Because he speaks a lie, we're gonna speak the truth. Yes. Now, I've had times in my life where it's been so intense that I couldn't see the truth. Have you ever been there? Yeah. I cannot see the truth. And so that's why you have community. Yeah. That's why you have family. Remember when I said that sometimes you get through things through your own faith and sometimes it takes the faith of family? What well, takes faith of family. So there are times when I just reach out to people, I said, look, I need prayer. I am like going through it. I've got warfare, like you would not believe. And there's like times like I can reach out to Barbara, I can reach out to some of you here. I have intercessors I can reach out to. I have family I can reach out to because there are times I can't see. I just cannot see. All I can see is hopelessness. All I can see is oppression. All I can see is despair, And it's hard to penetrate. And it takes the prayers. That's why it says here, what's it say? Pray passionately in the spirit. And as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times, intercession is for other people. And so one of the ways that we overcome the enemy is to intercede on behalf of others. So that they can also break through and so that when you are going through something, they intercede on behalf of you so that you can break through. God never called us to do this thing alone. That's the culture of the kingdom. So if you come from a culture where you cannot tell anybody that you're going through anything, you are probably not going to be victorious. You are going to live a life of of, of failure. You're going to live a life of weakness. You're going to live a life of isolation. But break that culture barrier and enter into the kingdom of God and be in a safe place knowing that you can proclaim what it is that you are going through, and people can hook up with you, and you can charge ahead so that you can fulfill God's plans and purpose for your life. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, we are destined for something great and mighty. There is a convergence that is happening, and it literally means that the realm of the supernatural is colliding with the realm of the natural, and it's happening within the lives of believers individually, and I believe it's happening within this place corporately. And it's been spoken and prophesied by several people that this place will be one of the places that God uses for revival. And so we just continue to stand upon that word. And it takes contending, it takes the fact that there is warfare. There's things that you have. To go through, but there's a promise that God has given, and the reason for that revival is so that people can be awakened to the goodness of God, so that people can be restored, so that they can be healed, that they can be transformed. Come on, one of the greatest things that we can do is to believe what God says about us, is to believe that you have a great and mighty purpose. How many of you believe that? Raise your hand. How many of you believe that you're fulfilling that? Raise your hand. wow how many of you want to raise your hand i declare over you right now in the name of jesus that all hopelessness and despair and defeat is broken in jesus name i declare over you that you will hunger for the word of god come on put your hand on your belly come on we need to get hungry we need to get hungry. Right now, many of you are thinking about where am I gonna go for lunch? And God's saying, where are you gonna go with me? Come on, God wants more of you. Many of you are saying we're going past 12 and God's saying we could be here till two or three if you, if you would let me, because God wants to visit you. Holy Spirit wants to, wants to surround you. Holy Spirit wants to be more real to you than he is right now. Come on, there is a hunger that God is looking for. And so I'm asking that God, that you would place a hunger within us, that we would hunger and thirst for righteousness. And you said that if we do that, that we would be filled. I pray right now in this place, that this place would be a place that is set apart for your presence to dwell, that this is a place, God, that you are comfortable to dwell with your presence. I pray right now that every individual in this place hungers for you, that they want to read the word and that Holy Spirit, you will come and you will show us what the word means, that there's secrets that are revealed for us. They're they're hidden, but yet they're hidden for us and not from us. And I'm asking that those secrets would be revealed. I say that there's a season of revelation that we're coming into right now. There's revelation that's flowing. As we get into his word, Holy Spirit's opening up like crevices that you don't even know were there and that's gonna lift off the page and it's gonna be a rhema word that you need just right now in due season. I also see a release, a prophetic, a release, there's an eyes, it's like there's scales that are coming off of people's spiritual eyes. There's been a hunger to be able to see more, more of the realm of the spirit and the reason why is so that you can bring forth words of knowledge, words of wisdom, so that people can be healed and set free. Come on, there's just a wave of God's anointing right there. Come on, just receive it. There's, a, there's waves of God's, lift up your hands right now. Just lift up your hands. Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. God, I thank you for your anointing. It's your anointing that breaks and destroys every yoke of bondage. I'm asking God that you could trust us with an increase of your anointing. Come on, you want God to trust you. You give the things to God that he's asking you to give him. There's a level of obedience and discipline that God is asking us to walk into. And when you do, you will be be showered. You will be showered with more of his anointing, with more grace to be able to run the race that he has set before you. Come on, more Holy Spirit, more Holy Spirit, more Holy Spirit. I ask for your fire to come. I ask for your fire to come. More Holy Spirit, more Holy Spirit. Move, just push out the things that are in people's lives that don't need to be there. Just come, come, come. So I can see him like, 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 like he's a, 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 like a person, like pushing inside of you. And there's some that he's, he feels like he's in like a, um, a vice because there's not much space. And he's wanting to like push out. He's wanting to expand his presence in your life. He's asking you to give over some things, some things that you've held onto for years It's become who you are. And, and to you, it's your identity. And he says, I have a different identity for you. I have a different identity for you. Come on, he's wanting to squeeze out some stuff. Come on, Rachel, can you come on up, please? Let's just let's finish what Holy Spirit started during worship. Come on. Let's just stay stay together, stay together, stay focused. Stay focused. Just close your eyes. Lift up your hands. Continue Holy Spirit. Continue Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. He loves us so much. He loves us so much. For those of you who have felt rejected and abandoned, He said earlier this morning that you're not rejected, you're accepted. Receive that word. He loves you so much. I've sought comfort in many things in life. And they never last for very long. But every time I climb upon the lap of my father, everything else melts away. And Holy Spirit wants to strengthen you in your walk. Those sins that so easily beset you, they won't be able to anymore because Holy Spirit's taking up residence in your life. He not only wants to abide in you, but I hear him say that he wants to also be seen outside of you. heard him say this earlier you were made to be creative unleash the creativity in you he said I didn't give you the finished product but I gave you the ability to create it he didn't give you the finished product but he gave you the ability to create it. So Holy Spirit, we surrender our lives to you. Go ahead, jump in the driver's seat. We're going to get real comfortable over here. As you lead us, guide us, and direct us, we're going to get over into that passenger seat. And we're going to go on an amazing ride how many of you are ready to enjoy the journey let's enjoy the journey and the ride that God has for each and every one of us how many of you in a hurry I'm not in a hurry Holy Spirit continue to come Continue to come, Holy Spirit. Your I just saw somebody's ears pop. Is anybody in here you have hearing difficulty? Would you come forward? Let's continue to worship. Come on, there's a surrendering that's taking place. There's others of you. You just need to surrender, humble yourself before God. He's your maker, He's your creator. And one day you will stand before Him all by yourself you can't say she did this or he did that it'll just be you and him I really feel like this is a time to surrender your life to Jesus surrender your life to Holy Spirit he's worth it it'll be the best thing you've ever done